Hey everybody, welcome to the 423 Soccer Pod. This is episode 8. I'm your host, or at least co-host, Jim. You can find me on Twitter at Chattagooner. And this is Todd. You can find me on Twitter at GreatFootballer. That's G-R, the number 8, F-T-B-L-R. That's for Jim, who says that no one can find me on Twitter. (laughs) It's probably true. Uh, I I just want to make sure that more people get to read all of your hot takes on all things soccer. So, anyway. They're hot, all right. It's more like a steaming <laughs> pile. So, uh, today we're going to talk a little bit about, uh, now that we've slept, you've, you know, hopefully you've had a chance to listen to our post-match review uh, rant uh, about the loss to the Cosmos last night. We've had a chance to sleep on it a little bit. Uh, we talked to some people after we recorded Got a little better idea of some of the things that happened in that second half. I want to talk a little bit about that. We also have an interview with the guys from the DCFC FC, so a Detroit City uh, Football Club podcast. And we talked to them about what they felt about their MPSL season, how they feel about the future of DCFC, and then, of course, you know what they think about the match coming up next week, which will be their first members club, a members club, I, members cup match, members only, members only club match. Yes, and our, of course, our second for CFC. So we're talking a little bit about that, and then uh, after the interview, come back and give kind of final thoughts. Um, maybe talk a little bit about some things we're hearing about Nisa. Um, and I think it's going to be an interesting week. So everybody just hold on to your seats. So um, Todd, we had a chance to think a little bit about the match uh, from last night. Uh, what uh, what new thoughts do you have? Yeah, we had a chance to uh, sleep on it, but we also had uh, had the chance to uh, talk to Coach Fuller oh, last stop. night. Stop. <laughs> this was supposed to. Yeah, I know. I know. We did. We did. So <laughs> don't tell them our secrets. <laughs> So apparently gonna, we. Uh, I just wanted them to think we know. We oh know yeah, we we, we went back and did, we did. I'm sorry, we went back and we did video analysis. <laughs> and upon further review, uh, what we found was we were oblivious to uh, a formation change that the Cosmos had in the second half. Uh, so in, to start off the second half last night, uh, I, I noticed in probably the first two minutes, and it's on our other podcast that all of a sudden it looked like uh, the Cosmos had a lot more of the ball, even in the first five minutes of the second half. And uh, and then we had a formation change, and we didn't know really what had uh, precipitated uh, that. And after talking to – actually, after our interview with uh, Jordan Dunstan and after talking with uh, Coach Fuller after, uh, after that interview, we found out that actually we were uh, – CFC was actually responding to a change Cosmos had made. They had actually switched themselves uh, to a uh, – Three five two, and we were just responding. And as he said, he, we were just trying to match them in the midfield because they started seeing a lot more of the ball. And I don't know how we really missed that. I guess we usually pay so much attention to what CFC does, and we're yeah. all. I mean, and don't forget, we're busy being fans just like yeah. the rest of you guys. So, uh, but that really kind of put in the picture. Uh, CFC didn't switch to that to uh, try to preserve a draw. They didn't switch to it to uh, get a more defensive posture. It was just simply trying to match Cosmos in the midfield. So 
uh, like I said, we were kind of oblivious to that and, uh, and kind of that, that puts things in perspective for us, I think. Yeah, I think it does. I mean, it makes, it makes a lot of sense, you know, that you, they were playing that flat four, four, two, and then, you know, they clearly saw their, the, their adjustment was that, you know, they clearly saw they were not winning the midfield in the first half. No. And so they, they put somebody else in that midfield and, and left three at the back. Um, and, uh, and then I think our coaches saw that and, and responded and reacted to it and, and went to a similar formation so that to match up, uh, match up better in the midfield. So, and looking back, I guess I am just, I really, I hate, I hate the fact that we lost. I, I think, uh, it, uh, zero, zero, uh, would have been a fair result. Uh, I thought CFC was better in the first half. I thought they were better in the second half. Uh, it's marginal <laughs> going both ways, but I thought a share of the points would have been a uh, a more suitable result. And it's just unfortunate that uh, you know they had that one brilliant moment that that gave them uh, the full three points, and, well, and that hurts. Why don't Why don't we stop there and and really talk about if it was actually that brilliant? So. Uh, thank you to uh, uh, Jake Haley for his video, and uh, it's a great video. And we we kind of went back and we looked at the uh, uh, is, what's his name Junior uh, Burgos, the oh, Junior yeah, Burgos, Burgos yeah. goal, and on the free kick. And we were wondering about if the ball went over or around the wall last night, and it actually it did go around the wall. Mm. And uh, kind of looking at the wall placement, uh, it probably went – the ball went maybe a foot outside the wall but still managed to curl maybe a couple of feet inside the post. And, uh, you know, so kind of going back to what we said last night, maybe wall placement. I mean, don't take anything away from the free kick. You still got to put it in the goal. Uh, but maybe wall placement was a little suspect on that. Uh, just really hard to hard to tell, though. Yeah, it is. And it, I don't know enough about, again, the keeping stuff to, to know – and I have to go back and watch. It could have been a communication issue. You know, yeah. um, you know, D'Amico may have seen that problem and was trying to communicate. You know, sometimes it's hard to hear at that wall. And and you know, if if the if the team taking the free kick sees an issue, they're not going to give you time to to no. to fix no, it. No, as soon as that whistle goes, they're they're going to try to take it. Take yeah. it. So I, I, I a lot of things go into that. We had a lot of people in the wall. We had a lot of guys in the wall, and so for it to be. For the ball to go around, I mean, it, it's not like it glanced off the post and just snuck in. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was well inside the post. Yeah. And in order for it to, to – and it didn't curve that much. It wasn't one of those crazy wiffle ball type of free kicks. And so, No, it wasn't Roberto Carlos taking it. So, <laughs> so I've got to believe that that the placement was a little off, that that I don't, either either somebody forgot to get on the end of the wall or the wall just, just got missed – kind of just misaligned a little bit. Um, but, you know – uh, if if you know more than I do or we do about this stuff, uh, hit us up on Twitter and, and let us know what you think about it. Go look at the at the Jake Haley video. You can it gives you a, a really good shot uh, at the, from behind at the at the free kick, um, and you can see what we're talking about. That it it, it again it doesn't go. It's clear that uh, D'Amico was playing on the other side, relying on his wall to really just block off anything going to the far post and. Um, and that's where he hit it. And, and again, it's not one of those things that not one of those crazy wiffle ball things or, or where he got it over the wall and back up and down. Um, it, it just, uh, it just looks a little strange. So, um, so yeah, I mean, it was a, it was a good free kick again. If, um, if we do that and score that way, I'm going to, I'm going to talk about it, but, um, you know, it's, it's, uh, you know, they had a chance at a free kick and they completed, they, they finished it. We had a similar chance and we hit the crossbar and, you know, sometimes uh, soccer is a cruel sport, and you know 
we talk, there's a, all those sports cliches about being a game of inches and all that stuff. It, and that's really what, that's, that's what cost us last night. So, but we move on, we go forward. And well, I, before, before we move on, I, I, man, I, I hate it when, uh, when I miss giving uh, accolades to a player hats off to, uh, Valenciano yeah. last night. Man, that guy put in uh, the effort, and I thought he he got forward. Uh, you know, I thought he looked. I just thought he looked great all the way around. I can't believe I didn't say something about it last night. I just thought he was a stalwart uh, in that six. I thought he got forward. I thought he was dangerous, and uh, just hats off to him for just a, a great game. And uh, and the the boys deserved uh, at least a point out of that game. Yeah, last I think night. they did. You know, we had, we had those changes with Sanchez going into the back back four, and that pulled Valenciano into that into that kind of holding midfield position. And and you're right, he he really played he really played really well. Uh, and I ask you, you know, before we start recording, but can you really name a player that you feel had a poor game? And I I don't really know that I can. Uh, our forwards didn't do a whole lot, but they created. And they created yeah. opportunities. They created space. They made runs. There was just nothing in that final third. And I, so, I think and my so. criticism would be pull the trigger. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, take some shots from yeah. outside, maybe, and and loosen that defense up yeah. and make them come out instead of being like so compact right there at the eighteen. Uh, I thought there were several chances to take some shots from you know in that eighteen to twenty two yard range. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you know you got to test the keeper. And uh, you got to keep him honest. And I thought uh, we just, you know, kept trying to play ticky tack all the way into the goal. And uh, I, I know those boys. I, I know they bring their shooting boots every game. And I uh, just wanted to see him use them a little more. Yeah, yeah. So again, that's kind of that's all we'll say really about the the Cosmos match. We are now, you know, no, uh, on no points with a negative one goal differential and. Um, there were other members' cut matches last night. I think the uh, the Torrent won two uh, nil over Napa. Um, I don't know. I meant to have this. I meant to look it up, but uh, I think that might be it for the other. Because I know Detroit didn't play. They they will start their um, they will start their members' cup uh, run. I guess uh, next weekend when we come to town. So right, they still need to add three more players to their roster to fill the full team. So <laughs> yeah, you'll, it's you'll, probably a good thing they did not start last night. Yeah, you'll you'll hear a little bit more about that when we talk to the to the guys from the DCFC FC uh, podcast. Um, they uh, Detroit has played one friendly, the Windsor uh, against Windsor, and uh, I didn't really know this, but uh, uh, it, it was it's typically the the final match of their year, and this this year it really kind of turns into a a mid-season, preseason uh, friendly. Um, and they had a lot of new players on the roster. They have another friendly against Indy 11 on Tuesday, which uh, it'll be interesting to see who suits up for that match. Uh, um, I don't know if it's streamed or not. The, the guys didn't know either. Um, and so it'll be interesting to see, watch that if it is streamed to see who shows up. It, it's, it would, I mean, I can't imagine that it wouldn't give you at least some idea of what the team will look like because it's only like three days through four days later that uh, Chattanooga FC uh, will be coming into town. And it's, you know, uh, if I were a Detroit city fan, I would really, really want that team to, I'd really want to know who that team was because, you know, Chattanooga is coming into town and, and, you know, we've got a well-established team that's been playing together all season. So um, good for us. If I was a Detroit fan, I'd be worried, but um, again, I know they're going to play hard. I know, 
you know, Keyworth is a tough place to play in the travel and, and DCFC is going to play well. So we'll have to have, we'll have to be on our game, but um, yeah, it, they're kind of up in the air right now. What we'll do then is, since we talked about DCFC, Todd, why don't we just kind of go ahead and bring the guys on? Um, we we talked with them. Uh, um, we talked with John and Sean from the DCFC FC show, and talked with them again about Detroit City, about their playoff run, uh, where they're going, and then a little bit about kind of what they think about the future uh, for their club and and where they're going and. A little bit of cussing about U.S. soccer. Not much. A little bit. But a little bit. So uh, after that, we'll be right back after we speak with them. And then we'll talk, uh, finish up with a little bit of talk of our own about about CFC and the future of uh, our club and and where we think we might be going. DCFC, FC, 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 FC. All right, welcome back to the 423 Soccer Podcast. This is Todd, a.k.a. Great Footballer, and across from me is my co-host. Hey, this is Jim Chattagooner on Twitter. And on the other end of the line, we have some special guests uh, from the Motor City, from the podcast DCFC. FC, DCFC, FC. DCFC, FC. FC. (laughs) That's a lot of FCs once again. (laughs) There's a story about that, we'll tell you. Okay. And so we'd like to welcome in our guests. If you guys want to go ahead and introduce yourselves. Uh, sure. This is John Mozino. And this is Sean Grogan. All right. Welcome, guys. Uh, Jim and I, we just want to connect base with you guys and uh, talk about a little bit about Detroit City, about what you guys are doing up there and the season and what we're going to have uh, moving forward. Yeah, so how was uh... – how, how how did you guys think feel about your uh, MPSL uh, kind of regular season and playoffs too? Um, for me, I, I mean, I thought it was a very successful season. I mean, we only lost one game in regulation the entire year. I mean, obviously, you would like to win the regional championship, but you really can't have any complaints if you only lose like one game in regulation and one game on penalty kicks throughout the year. I mean, and out of probably what 16 games we played or something so certainly the team was performing well for me yeah no i i agree with sean and it was um it it was fun i mean in addition to the results being uh good up until that last match um they were just a fun team to watch you know do their soccering thing uh just a really really strong defense and got a lot more fluid as the season went on and started playing some some really pretty and enjoyable soccer so what about uh you talk a little bit about i watched that cleveland match and i i have to admit when i saw detroit go up 2-0 i i really thought the match was over and i i continued to watch just because you know, uh, I'm a glutton for punishment and I would like to watch a lot of soccer. And so I was a little surprised. What was your guys' take on the end of that match and then the penalties? Um, I I mean, I thought Detroit was the stronger team overall, but you got to finish some chances if you're going to win games. Um, but on the other end, too, I also felt like the players, Detroit definitely got a little bit more tired at the end, which I was surprised by. Um, just because Cleveland is basically all amateur players with day jobs in comparison to Detroit, which has a lot more resources behind the team. But we also didn't 
do a lot of rotation during the weekend. So maybe that played into it some, but I don't know. It was a tough game. Yeah. Uh, and, and then kind of moving forward now uh, into members cup. Uh, how, what do you guys think about the, you kind of the way that all went down the founders cup members cup, all that kind of stuff. What was, what's the take uh, from the, from the folks in, in Detroit? I mean, it wouldn't be American soccer if it weren't a clown show. <laughs> That's truth right there. <laughs> Well, that yeah, that like, that's succinctly put. I, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, for me, I, I, this was always going to be sort of a one-off fall tournament. Like, and to me, it doesn't really, especially matter if the teams we play changed up. But it's kind of annoying that other teams can't like keep their commitments and jump out like weeks before it's supposed to start. That's that what that's what annoys me more than the ch- like changing the the fixtures like who they're playing against. I'm just I'm just happy to have games in the fall at this point. Yeah, I mean that's that that really is the big thing. We were at our uh, annually every year we play a friendly against Windsor TFC from across the river in uh, Windsor, Ontario. That's that's in Canada, guys. Um, yeah, yeah, we the, know. Uh, yeah, south of us. Yeah, so, so yeah, South, South Detroit yeah. from the song. So, um, <laughs> and most seasons, the Windsor friendly is our last match. It's it's the last chance we have before the the long dark off season. Um, and I forget how or why, but it sort of became a tradition that we sort of do it up beach party style, and people wear Hawaiian shirts and stuff like that. But uh, it was a lot of fun this year, um, just because. It was the Windsor friendly, but we still have a bunch of soccer to look forward to. And that was really nice. We're all looking around saying like, we could get used to this, having like more matches and more opportunity to hang out with our friends and watch our club and do all the things that we do. So, um, you know, we, we have a banner that says, you know, club over league, you know, you guys feel the same way. Um, uh, you know, whatever the, the, you know, jackassery goes on at the league level or u.s soccer level or whatever you know as long as we get more opportunities to watch city play hopefully some meaningful matches against interesting opponents we we trust our owners to do the best they can to try to make the rest of it work out speaking of the windsor game did you guys have any takeaways from that and how how did uh, you think detroit city performed i think there was you guys had some pretty significant roster changes in that right yeah, yeah, huge, huge turnovers. And the thing is, we're not quite sure. The players who played in that match, we're not sure what all their statuses are yet, whether they're going to be rostered for the fall or whether they're in on trial or what. Um, obviously, the roster pages on the um, NPSL website just came out the other day. Detroit's isn't that full it's only got seven players on it right now um, and they're all players who have played for us in the past so at this point we still don't know exactly who all the new signings were going to be but um, in that match I definitely thought a couple of the there, there were a bunch of new faces um, and from teams around the nation like other NPSL teams have some older players that we picked up and looked to be trying to make the team um, and I don't know. It, it wasn't a close game. Like we murdered them, but it, I think it, it finished six one. But um, so it's so you guys were running a pretty uh, college heavy roster during the year. Um, yeah, less so than usual. 
Yeah, it was less so than usual. It was about half and half this year. Okay. But one interesting thing talking about rosters is, um, and about the Windsor match from our perspective, is two of our sort of most iconic players, um, we were informed, I mean, basically, I think, at halftime that, hey, we're taking Seb Harris, who's a defender who's played from the club since, what, Sean, 13? Uh, uh, 13 or 14. 14. Yeah. Um, and Dave Edwards and midfielder, who's our captain, who's been with the club since 13, that they were going to be taken off and it was going to be their last match with city, um, which was, you know, a huge thing because we've got, you know, deep personal emotional connections with those guys and to sort of not have enough time to process that or do anything, uh, for them in terms of a sign or thing as their banner, it was, was sort of a bummer. Um, but then, Dave, our captain, the guy who came off, is on the roster that's on the NPSL website. So we don't know, <laughs> you know. Why uh, he's, he's, he's older. He's got a, you know, he's got like an actual job. He's one of those guys. Um, but you know, we we just don't know. As Sean said. So you know, the guys that are on the roster. Um, I mean, that's a really nice set of players, and they're pretty much all guys that we uh, had some expected some hoped um there's you know sean could talk specifically about who maybe a couple of guys are that we're looking at still and hoping that they're going to show up too but you know there's only so much you can do with with seven guys one of whom has already had his retirement ceremony (laughs) you can you can technically play a game seven is the minimum to start so we're gonna have to. Someone, one of those guys, is gonna have to become a goalkeeper, though. That's a bold move. Well, we're gonna have to pay attention to how that works out. <laughs> no, but I guess uh, kind of going back to uh, your your roster and that sort of thing. So you guys aren't getting. Uh, I guess don't have really any good intel where it's going right now. Does that make you guys apprehensive, or are you just kind of like have faith that oh, it's all gonna be okay? Um. For, y- y- yes, both. <laughs> um. <laughs> I mean, it makes me kind of apprehensive just because I like to know, like, I got to know. But at the same time, like, I felt like the recruitment was really good over the, the winter and what who we were able to bring in for this this summer season. So I, I have to trust what's going on. But I, at this point, I want to know, like, we're less than a week from from the first competitive match. It's Right. It's, one, it's one of those things, it's like you've spent this entire NPSL season, you, you know what your strengths and weaknesses are, and it's like, okay, we're, you know, we're, we need a little help here, but now since you know, pretty much you've got seven players, you have no idea where your strengths and weaknesses are even going to exist. Yeah, exactly, and I mean, we lost two so, – so a lot of the players who are returning were actually regular starters for us. So we, we know all of them, and some, several of them have been with us for years. Um, but we did we did lose a couple of regular starters. We lost our defensive mid. We lost one of the center backs. Both of them went back to school in Florida, and mm. both of them are player profiles that are pretty much irreplaceable in terms of like for like replacements. Just, is that is that G, uh, Diop and um, yeah uh, Musa? Okay, yeah, correct. Yes, and so it I I have to think that the formations and the personnel decisions and stuff are going to change just because I don't know where else we're going to come up with another like six, four 
center back like Musa or someone with the 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 range that Diop had in terms of covering ground and everything. So I'm sure it'll change Trevor's plans just based on who he can bring in. So do do you think uh, you'll you'll get any idea from the guys who walk out on Tuesday? I mean, I would ho- I would I would think you would have some idea of. Uh, of what was going to happen, but who, who's getting playing time during those two friendlies? Uh, yeah, uh, the 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 one last week, the players definitely seemed like mixed up, both halves between new players and old players, um, and players we know are strong and players are taking looks at, which I think is probably a good way to evaluate players because you don't want to throw player in with all new players and then. Um, but may, maybe Tuesday, Indy 11 is obviously one of the better teams in the USL. Um, maybe, maybe that's our final tune up. Um, I'll, I guess I'll, I'll know better when I see, see the roster they put out, what the answer to that is, but I'd, I'd hope it's a final tune up with the actual plans. So, uh, if you could talk a little bit about, uh, you know, I think a lot of our, a lot of our uh, folks in Chattanooga probably have watched some DCFC matches uh, via the stream, and but give us an idea of of how you you know how Detroit plays, and do you see that changing? You may not be able to answer this question completely because you you know you don't really know exactly who's going to be there, but um, you know, do you see anything changing, or is it, is uh, is there's a is there a Detroit way of playing that you're going to put players into, or do you think the way of playing will change based on uh, any new faces? I'm, I'm sure it'll change a little bit um, just based on the players, but I think really we were able to see sort of a distinct sort of philosophy from Trevor James in the summer um, that I think will carry on, um, not necessarily in terms of formations. I think he tried probably every formation under the sun before settling on what worked for him this summer. So I, I, I think the formation and everything will probably change up, but in terms of the types of passes he was looking for and the the um, team mentality and stuff, it definitely I think that'll carry over. Um, what, what formation uh, do you guys generally run? Uh, in the in the summer, it was mostly a three-five-two or a four-four-two diamond. Yeah, it sounds very familiar. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's uh, I guess two of the three formations that we have stayed in through throughout the summer as well. We started with a four-two-three-one, which uh, if you look at our first two results, um, I think we quickly found out that wasn't going to work because we shipped five goals in those first two games, and then we went to the diamond and occasionally have gone to three in the back. So uh, it will be interesting to 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 see that kind of tactical matchup um, uh, ne- next week. Yeah, so moving beyond the Members' Cup, I mean, obviously your uh, schedule's kind of set for the fall. But beyond that, what what are you guys thinking about the different prospects out there, leagues, and where DCFC uh, fits in uh, coming next year? Well, the biggest sort of news that we've had, and it's unofficial, and it's one of those things where you have to sort of take into account how much did the Detroit Free Press writer who was writing the story actually understand what he was talking about? Um, no offense to the guy, but you know it's not exactly uh, um, a uh, 
core part of their competency covering soccer here. Um, it sounded like the way it was put, and I'm, 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 this isn't an exact quote, was basically that uh, the club was restructuring its existing ownership structure so that we would meet the um, uh, the professional league standards of the one owner, at least 35% having X gazillion dollars or whatever it is. Um, which, if that were true, would, would almost certainly mean that there's there's one owner who bought in, uh, bought out one of the original founding owners a few years back, uh, that it would pretty much have to be him, just given who the other ones are. Like, uh, I'm doubting that the high school math teacher is a millionaire. Um, <laughs> I don't know, you know. And it's a private school, but still. Um, <laughs> so if that's true, then that's, you know, if that's the way things are working, then okay, if it's just a restructuring sort of within the existing group um, to make it fit, uh, that's great. If not, then that means that they are having to bring in a new owner who meets that standard at, at, at least a you know, third of the club. We've talked to them before. We've interviewed the the owners before, some of them, and and we know that they have had offers to do that that they have turned down because they just they didn't think that the prospective partner, the prospective owner, was the right fit. That they weren't going to um, that there's too much chance that they were going to change the club further than. Uh, the founders were willing to change it. Um, you know, our our owners have said that they wanted to create a club that their children could be proud to support someday, and that sort of longevity, that 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 um, that sustainability of the club is really important to them, and that it's going to be. I mean, it, it evolves; it already has, it it always will, but that it'll still at at its sort of heart be still be this thing that we care about uh for our kids and they don't want to ruin that in the interest of chasing you know some faux motion step up the league so uh sean does that sort of fit what you're thinking yep pretty much what what he said <laughs> <laughs> he talks about the players i talk about the other stuff <laughs> yeah yeah so we you know we ha- i've had a chance we had a chance last night to talk to some folks with cfc and i you know the certainly their understanding um you know from the trip the trip out the the event out in pasadena the the nisa meeting uh, was that it was a restructuring and i you know i was talking to them because i you know i i didn't know um really i had heard a rumor that there was an investor or somebody that they were talking to and that that person was going to come in and, and meet that pls but um, you know, my understanding is that it is still the, 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 just a restructuring of the five and, um, you know, it's, you know, I, I think it's, that's interesting. It's, it's going to, you know, I also heard, you know, last night that we're it's probably not going to be too much longer, you know, since the meetings ended last, I guess, I don't know, Thursday or Friday of last week. Uh, I, it wouldn't surprise me if we heard something within the next week or so, um, that, you know, for those of us who pay attention to this stuff will be a huge story uh, if it were to come out that CFC and, and Detroit were, were joining the NISA group. Um, but, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if we hear something like that soon. Does it make any difference to you guys where Detroit plays or or even to the greater fan base in Detroit? Does it make a difference? Um, I mean, from the standpoint of we want to play we want to play in a league that gives us more matches we want to play in a league that um uh 
lets us be us. You know that that's important. That that uh, um, you know everywhere we go, everybody's got their different rules about how we can or can't behave or whatever. But we 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 want to make sure that um, there isn't some league over our head that's that's cramping our style to the point where it's always a fight over you know what we do and who we are. And I, people look at us and they saw so are sort of confused about like why we act the way we do and why we say the things and sing the things that we do. Um, you know, a great part of it is just, you know, you guys get this. It's, it's, you know, we're out there to change the outcome of the match. Part of that is by being so passionate that the players want to come for play for us in the first place. And then we get deep, deep, deep into players' heads over the course of the match. It, it's we've over and over we see players that can't ignore us for the opposing team, and they get so well, we've we've know for a fact we've caused red cards before, which is always fun. Um, you know, we're out there to we're out there to help win the match for our club, and and it works. So um, as long as it's, you know, as long as there's more matches, as long as it's, it's letting city be city then beyond that, you know, I mean, we enjoy watching good soccer. We'd like to see sort of the most skilled players we can out there, but, uh, um, you know, as long as it's not just laundry, but still the club we care about, at least that's it for me. I don't know about Sean's feeling. He's a little bit more of a soccer, a lot more of a soccer nerd than I am. So I, I mean, I, the only thing I'd add to that is I, the the financials make a difference to me too. Just I don't want the club to get into a situation where I feel like they're locked into paying millions of dollars or with unsustainable travel costs. Because um, again, we want this thing to last. So yeah. yeah. That's that's a, that's a yeah. Great the sustainability cap, yeah. factor is is for, for me is massive in all this. I mean, you can't be paying in millions of dollars in you know uh, fees to the league every year, and then you know at the same time incurring these going from an MPSL, which is meant to be regionalized, to going to a uh, a larger uh, national structure where you're going to be making cross country flights and that sort of thing. It's going to be massive um, cost to to incur. Yeah, and City has done a whole bunch, and again, I think very smartly, overwhelmingly, to um, to create just financial liquidity and other cash streams beyond, you know, match day ticket sales and merch or whatever. Um, you know, the the way they went about structuring uh, the investment in Keyword Stadium and what that lets them do there in terms of bringing money in, um, the way they started the field house with the attached clubhouse, bar and restaurant so that they've got, you know, a whole bunch of money coming in throughout the year from field rental and, uh, you know, receipts from the, you know, when, when we start drinking um it's it's enriching for whoever's selling us the booze so they figured they could just keep doing that all year round um and then you know just being smart about their merch and making a bunch of money off that year round so they're not anywhere near as limited in the financial streams they got coming in um whether or not that's going to match up with the costs of whatever league we're in is the whole you know multi-million dollar question I don't mean to jump back, uh, but I, I will for a moment. Going back to jumping up to a league like NISA or whatever, uh, do you guys find it, I'm trying to think of the right way to put this, there's a certain faction of people that want no part of, and here we go, the U.S. soccer pyramid in any kind of form that that 
brings about conforming to the professional league standards? <laughs> I mean, I mean, I mean, I'm I'm a I'm a libertarian activist, so I spend my entire life living up to rules that I don't like. So um, it's not anything new for me. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. I I think we wish they didn't exist. I think that we were excited by the sort of Founders Cup opportunity to to run sort of a legal end run around them with USASA and maybe uh, not have to deal with that whole whole like just shit show. Um, but if we got it, we got it. And I don't know that anybody really loves the idea of just sort of sitting in, uh, the mostly amateur NPSL forever and ever amen until the lawsuits get through the courts and something gets broken loose or, you know, I don't know, Don Garber gets zotted by a bolt of lightning by a vengeful God or something. I'm not sure, but, but it's, 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 we're not going to shoot ourselves in our own feet just to, to, to throw a middle finger to the, you know, U S soccer federation. Yeah. I was talking to Tim at the you're smarter than us podcast down in Asheville. And, you know, we were talking about, you know, if, specific issues to the Southeastern conference. If, if CFC were to leave, uh, Atlanta as funny as, uh, well, I don't know. It's funny as, as strange <laughs> and weird as that, that whole logo thing and whatever it is they're doing down there, uh, is, you know, they're leaving the Southeast. Uh, we've heard rumors that inner Nashville is going to focus on their youth team. Well, we're already down because of the craziness that is Kenny Farrell in the New York, in the, uh, New Orleans jesters and whatever the heck they're doing. Uh, Memphis got poached. Uh, Birmingham was poached. Um, you know, USL came here and tried the same thing. So the Southeastern Conference, you know, we're, it's it's down to next to nobody. And he was, you know, he was lamenting that the Asheville's choices are getting narrowed down to next to nothing. Either, you know, you stay in the NPSL and I don't know who they play or you you kind of you got to yield to those those other guys over in that other league that that I don't like to talk about that much. And and, and kind of go to USL and, and I, you know, and he's, he asked me or I, I, mean, I guess I asked him, you know, how does he feel about it? And he was despondent, I think is probably the right word to use. And, you know, I think, you know, we've, I've gotten into it with some folks who, who don't want, who don't want Chattanooga and Nisa at any cost. And I'm like, well, I, you know, the club has two choices. You had to do what you don't like or you die. And, and unfortunately, with the, with the system we've got set up, uh, and I do think it's set up to force these choices, um, I, I, don't know what else, I don't know what else we're supposed to do. I mean, people look at us and say, well, how, how can you do this? I understand some of the NPSL regular clubs were upset about Founders Cup because they, they saw it as, a, well, you're just creating a closed league. Um, and, and you're just going off and playing your own rules. Well, what are we supposed to do? You know, the certain clubs have outgrown the 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 summer league we as you said we want more matches we we simply want to play more and we simply want to go support more and right now where the hell are we supposed to do that and you know so I you know I, I challenge anybody who comes at me and says well I can't believe you're you know you're 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 kowtowing to the to the federation I I, I want to go to I want to go to Finley you know I want to I want to go to Finley and I want to see the guys play and I want to see us play 
teams, you know, like Detroit and like New York and like Miami. And, and I, I, that's, those are the matches I want to see. And I don't know how we do that anyway else. And, and if anybody out there in Detroit land or in Chattanooga land or anywhere else uh, has, has an idea, I'm, I'm open to it. And that's, you know, that's just kind of my take. I, I, just, I don't know what we're supposed to do. Yeah. It's uh, I, back in the day when we first started realizing that we were outgrowing the NPSL, um, one of our owners said to me um, something to the effect of, we just want to play other clubs that care. Which is which is a nice thing, but I, Sean had a great line on Twitter a little while ago when they when it was clear that the Founders Cup was was falling apart and that there were all these problems with like insurance and all that crap. Uh, what was it, Sean? Something about the, the the way that it was just criminal that there was a club that wanted to play, that wanted to pay its soccer players, but that the U.S. Federation was doing everything possible to make that impossible for them to do. That was pretty much pretty much the effect of it, yeah. I, and, but I, and I, back to the discussion we just had, like I think people think it's, it's, you're talking about people who are like mad about going to Nice or whatever. I think they, in their eyes, the PLS is way more than it actually is. I mean, it, they're they're terrible rules. Like they shouldn't exist. It, they make it pretty much impossible for a grassroots club to to grow into anything. But Nisa isn't like controlled by the U.S. Soccer Federation or anything. I mean, they're they're clearly done some things in ways that the U.S. Soccer Federation doesn't like like existing in the first place. Playing <laughs> yeah. that's a big one. <laughs> playing playing the schedule um, the way they've got it. Um, mm-hmm. So I, I, I do think they're they are pretty independent. They just are operating within the the PLS rules, and that's it, that doesn't bother me that much. Joining a league that's like that, um, and and the 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 rules of the league seem a little bit more open in terms of like allowing clubs to keep their own intellectual property, um, their their own identities. Uh, USL they've got that thing where if you try and exit the league they keep your your club ip for a couple of years yeah well, they can't they, use it god they're just god i hate them yeah I, so. I honestly i think they put that in place because they were losing teams to mls well if they if they join they MLS, wave it for mls they wave it for mls oh do but, they yeah it's if you leave the league to try to do say nisa or something else is that oh, they a, keep a competing here. league if you will yeah, yeah they they wave it for mls because they get several million dollars for every team that makes that jump there's a there's another fee that the owner of the usl team has to pay to get their team out of this to use their own intellectual property in mls and it's like five million dollars or ten million dollars or something stupid soccer day guild i think it's i think it's I think it's a percentage of of the expansion fee or something that they have to pay directly to usl to yeah well, it seems like that's how both of those leagues make money is is on fees. They're almost like a bank, right? It's like no, I think the, I think what you're looking for there. is Ponzi scheme. Oh, Ponzi scheme yeah. cartel. Yeah, it's, a, yeah. it's, it's yeah. your it's your local you know the legitimate businessmen. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. Oh. 
Well, well anything uh, anything else you guys want to add uh, about next uh, next Saturday? I'll be I'll be coming up next week. I got a buddy that lives in uh, Plymouth, and I'll be hanging out with him. His kid plays uh, in the uh, Detroit City Academy system, so I'm looking forward to uh, seeing him and finding out his experiences with that, and uh, coming over to Keyworth, seeing you guys on Saturday. Yeah, nice. We're actually doing. Um, I mean, we don't uh, tailgating isn't the sort of art form up here than it is for you all. Um, but we are doing, uh, what we call dad van, which is sort of one of our more involved modes of tailgating, I believe before the uh, match. So there's going to be, uh, even more eating and drinking in the streets of Hamtramck than there would be otherwise. Um, and you know, yeah, anybody who's, uh, anybody who's coming, uh, uh up, we, we hope to see you all. Um, and, and just real quick, you mentioned the, uh, the Academy system. This is really sort of our first, Really, Aaron Sean actually knows more about this, far more about this than I do of the academy. But it seems so far that we've, uh, um, you know, clubs have had some good successes. They won some competition or other, Sean. But it's it's been exciting to see that because that's been sort of a semi missing piece of of what people think you know club means when it comes to soccer. And it's it's good to see City growing that out and building that out. Yeah, I agree 100%, and, and we've talked about it down here. You know, when you're looking at the overall club system uh, that we're trying to create and, if you will, kind of mimic the rest of the world, I mean, that academy is a, is a key piece. And if, you know, CFC makes the jump to another league, uh, it is going to create a void in the uh, MPSL, and it, and it exists right now for us. You know, we don't have any connector between the academy and the first team as like an under-23 squad for college players. Uh, that doesn't exist, and that's something that uh, CFC will probably have to um, address at some point. And I, have you guys heard anything uh, on on y'all's end about an under twenty three squad? If you guys were to uh, make a jump to another league, um, just, or are we way ahead of that? Yeah, I, I don't know that anything's <laughs> been decided on that. I mean, there's it, everything I've heard is just people wondering whether there is saying, "Oh, it'd be nice" or whatever. But also. Um, just to interject real quick, we were talking about not knowing what players were signed. Um, one of the players who must have been in on trial just posted something on Instagram. It looks like he's been signed for um, this fall. So there we go. We got another one. You guys are up to eight. Yeah, Ryan, Ryan Peterson. <laughs> scored now, do, if, you, if you can play with seven, does that mean that you can have one out as a sub? Or, yeah. do you, or do yeah. they have to take the field? They What's have, the ruling on that? They have to take the field, but they could technically just stand in the corner and then come okay. and then so like tag out, like like tag yeah. team wrestling. Tag team, okay, yeah. I'm I'm liking that. I'm liking that. You know, we we need we need three points. So whatever <laughs> whatever y'all can do, <laughs> whatever y'all can do to help us out there, we uh we uh, we 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 uh, suffered a little bit last night, so. Um, you, you you're also just got a piece of the entire Sean Grogan experience of of while he's on the soccer podcast, he's also creeping player social media accounts to find out what's going on. Hey, I listen. I I understand. I completely understand. Like I I I watched every MPSL playoff game after we, even the ones after we lost. I you know I well hell I I stalked y'all's. Um, I mean I was I'm insane enough to go and compare your starting roster with your MPL roster and highlight those who aren't there. And the ones that I didn't recognize, I went on and found their, uh, their Wikipedia pages. So I totally get it. And I, you know, and I, and I really, I really felt like you guys didn't stream that match to keep me from figuring out, you know, who was playing and how you were playing. 
So I, I, I took it. I mean, maybe they personal. did stream it. It's just my kuju sucks and nobody could get on. <laughs> yeah, you yeah. can't really tell. Yes. It's, it's sort a, of. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It, yeah. If a stream is on my kuju, does it really exist? <laughs> exactly but uh we, we've got when it goes just to the players i mean i think we've got especially after the guys that he brought in this season and the mix that he made of the the players who'd been around before the new ones um and just talking to him we've got a lot of faith um in trevor james our coach to to find us um really good guys who fit the kind of soccer he wants to play. I mean, his, his most recent role was uh, basically running the youth system for the LA galaxy. Um, and he's, he's very connected uh, to, you know, the entire sort of North American soccer world and beyond. Um, he's, you know, we, we know he's going to find us good guys. Just a question of when we figure out who all those are. Yeah, I think it's got. I mean, it's got to be rough. I, mean, I can't imagine, you know, being you know less than a week out and and really having that many question marks. And um, I mean, as a Chattanooga FC fan, I I enjoy it, but I, I don't know if I would enjoy it if it, if uh, if the roles were reversed. So I I'll be watching um, I'll be watching Twitter or wherever. In, do you know is the indie match being um, being streamed? I don't know that we know that yet um okay. the windsor match is never streamed though oh is so it okay that, that's sort of a special case so it wasn't it, it wasn't it wasn't personal it wasn't just to keep me from watching no it's just okay. it's just sort of the tradition of the match i don't know okay. i don't really know why it's like that but it, the windsor match is never streamed it's always been a pretty low-key sort of looks like you know party in the stands kind of thing yeah yeah it's, yeah. it's just a low-key end of the season party until now when it's the beginning of a season yeah, until now it's a it's a preseason friendly. Right. <laughs> I mean, it was yeah for me in a long time that that was the match where all the guys who were sort of practice squad hadn't oh, even yeah. necessarily rostered for the club. They got out. Um, yeah. One of our uh, one of our owners, the the high school math teacher, I'm talking about. I was talking about earlier. Uh, he would you know he had played for this club a little bit in the early days. He would still suit up and go out there. Um, you know that sort of thing. So I was surprised I, I they never actually had friendly and goal, but it would be about that level. Bad. <laughs> yeah, I think we can call we can call the, those type of players coming on. We can just call those Rochester's from now on for the, I guess the the fifty year old that came on the match and played. Screaming at him that he looked like a Cialis commercial. <laughs> <laughs> oh hell! <clears throat> that was good. I, I don't think, know where we go. From. I don't know where we go. I don't know where we go. That's gonna wrap it up here on the 423. <laughs> did we make it all the way through without swearing? Yeah, but we, we gave no, you didn't. No, so. you didn't. No, you didn't. You no, met, no, we, no, no, no. I, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe there you don't count those as swear words, but <laughs> yeah. yeah, somewhere between there and here, they become uh, swear words. <laughs> Bless y'all's hearts. Yes, <laughs> thank you. Well, hey, good. You got you got you got the lingo down. I understand that. All right. Uh, just anything else you guys would like to add? Yep. Wherever we're going, guys, let's, we're, we're going to have some fun. So we're glad yeah, that uh, we're, I think we're all glad that uh, Chattanooga is along for the ride. Uh, we, we, you know, we, we always have had a, uh, a lot of respect for what you guys have built. Um, remain in awe of Galen's tiny little shorts. I mean, that's just, I can't even figure out how we can talk. Um, but with, you know, sort of wherever it ends up, you know, By the way, thanks. Just for, along for the ride. Just for bringing up his shorts, where we just now got a, uh, a spicy rating on our podcast. <laughs> Great, thanks. Mature content. Yes. 
No, I, I, there, you're right. There always has been uh, a, a bond there between the two clubs. And uh, and I just want to say, when when the whole USL to Chattanooga thing happened, and there was, you know, it put Chattanoogans and CFC supporters in a very odd, you know, position uh, because, you know, we knew some of the people going over to that other club. And uh, Detroit City fans did a lot of our dirty work for us. And I'll say just a thank you. Uh, you said the things that we wanted to say, but just weren't in a good position to say. <laughs> and uh, it seems like you guys were were uh, were kind of, you know, just uh, speaking for us. And and I appreciate that really because I didn't feel comfortable coming out and say it because you know these people on the other side, some of them are friends and neighbors and stuff. And uh, I felt like Detroit City really kind of came to our rescue and and had our backs at at every turn. So it was it was nice to have that camaraderie. Well, that's. It- like I said, I mean, we, we respect what you guys have built and, and uh, for folks who are just sort of trying to, to profit on what you all built without actually putting in the work, fuck them. <laughs> um, you know, we, we, we were facing our own sort of, you know, existential threat uh, with MLS. And it looks increasingly yeah. like uh, uh, I know MLS I got my Detroit MLS uh, to Detroit to, deposit uh, back. What's up with that? Yeah, it's going to it looks like it's going to have to uh, uh, wait for them to expand past 32 or whatever it is. I don't actually pay attention to them. But uh, um, so, yeah, we, we we know what that feels like. Um, and uh we thought, you know, well, this is clearly uh, unacceptable, and we should. We know what to do when we find something unacceptable. We start screaming at him on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I yeah, I enjoy it. I do, I do enjoy it. So, um, if you'll t- tell the folks where they can find uh, your podcast, um, and and maybe a little bit of about why you're you're so fond of the letters FC. <laughs> Well, if you want to find our podcast first, we actually have to record it. I think, what have we done this season three, Sean? Something like that. But, so we've got, uh, it used to be a lot more substantive, but basically it's just every so often when we, uh, when we, when we, when, when the spirit moves us, we, we record something, usually me sitting there asking Sean questions about all the players and, and nodding approvingly as he actually informs folks of things. Um, uh-huh. But it's at DCFCFC on Twitter. Um, the story behind that, uh, we had we had a different name originally. It was, what was it, the Detroit City FC Fancast, John, right? Yep. And then somebody had trademarked Fancast and sent, <laughs> sent us a, wow. uh, a, a letter Um saying, yeah, we, got, we got a cease and desist from yeah. the people who own the Fancaster trademark um, oh. saying that they were going to sue us and da 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 and uh, we were fortunate enough to um, have access to really wonderful pro bono legal assistance from uh, uh, if anybody down there in Chattanooga needs intellectual property counsel up and up here in, in uh, the Midwest may we recommend Brooks Cushman who gave us a IP partner for free uh, to dig into things and unfortunately the law being what it is the response that back to us was essentially yeah like you could probably fight this and win this um they really don't have much of a legal leg to stand on but on the other hand it would be really expensive for you to do that uh and you know we don't 
make any money on this, obviously. So what? Uh, we just sort you of don't. dropped. Yeah, I know, really. Uh, <laughs> we dropped the uh, the uh, fan cast and just went to DC FCFC, and we keep on saying we need to find a new name, but you know, we'd have to actually do some more podcasts for it to, to matter first. Well, please, please do some podcasts, and so I don't have to just listen to Red all the time. So. <laughs> That's part of the problem. Red, Red, like you know, Red drops a podcast more often than I like, you know, brush my teeth. But you know, <laughs> I, I don't know. He's uh, he's uh, he, he's wonderful. And we're all actually very excited. Personal, we, he just found out that uh, he and his wife are going to have their first child, which is going to be, you know, the most awesome thing ever. So we're we're very happy for him personally too. Yeah, that's uh, that's awesome. I think I saw that. I think I, I saw news. That scares me a little bit that there that that gene pool is is extending. But <laughs> um, but yeah, it's uh, parenthood is is well is a thing. I have two. Uh, one has aged out of the of our C, CFC academy, and one is uh, is senior in high school. So little ones that everybody congratulates you for turn into twenty and seventeen year olds who. Um, they don't congratulate you for those. So, <laughs> well, so. well, those who know who my son is, uh, he's, it goes by Captain Jack around Detroit. He's the crazy kid with the red beret running around in every man of the match photo. And his, his photo is actually on a banner on the side of our stadium, looking up at, uh, our captain, Dave Edwardson, the way he's never actually looked at me in almost. <laughs> so. yeah. yeah, I totally understand that. Totally understand that. Well, uh, again, thanks, guys. It's uh, it's been great to talk to you again. I follow you guys on Twitter and, and the other Detroit folks, and and like you say, we're um, you know we were it was great to have you all support during the past couple, past year, and wherever we go, you know, um, we hope that you're there with us, and uh, you know, like you said, wherever our clubs go, we're going to follow them. It doesn't necessarily really matter what league they're going to play in, and. Um, to have a, a group of supporters uh, like the Northern Guard and the other Detroit City mm-hmm. FC supporters mm-hmm. uh, alongside is is mm-hmm. nice. So, um, yeah. So it's great. It's great to talk to you. Uh, hope hope we do it again. It, and even you know, if you if you ever want to do a podcast and and ask come ask us to come on and and, and clean it up. You know, so that you know, we can, we can get that. a class here. Well, yeah, same, get, yeah, same, yeah. oh same yeah, travels yeah. to everybody driving up from uh, from Chattanooga to Detroit. Watch oh, the uh, cops through Ohio. Yeah, <laughs> wait, aren't we supposed to give like some sort of special salute as we go through Ohio? Yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> you, you can figure out what that is. <sighs> yeah. Well, again, thanks, guys, um, and uh, keep in touch, and we'll see you on the twitters, and hopefully. Uh, Next uh, next week we'll uh, you'll be able to field the full team. <laughs> we got eight now. All you right. got eight. You, go. you only need three more. So, all right. All right. So thanks, thanks, guys. Best wishes. Thanks. All right. Bye. Bye. All right. Welcome back. And once again, we'd like to thank John and Sean from the DCFCFC podcast. Uh, just thank those guys for coming on, spending some time with us, and uh, reflect on where Detroit City's been this year and uh, the current state of the team. Look forward to uh, going up to Detroit City and uh, seeing it with my own eyes uh, come this weekend. Uh, so moving on next, we want to uh, preview that Detroit City match. And as they mentioned, uh, they have eight uh, on their roster. Uh, it's been 20 minutes. Maybe they've added a knot. Who knows? Uh, so they're not really sure what they're going to see. I think we're pretty sure what we're going to see coming out uh, for uh, CFC. Uh, are you anticipating any major roster changes? 
I don't know. I, I don't know if that's enough time for Ginky to play. You know, to start, I don't know. You know, he's he's coming off. I I, I probably would guess that he'll be on the bench again. Um, you know, it's up to Dunstan, not Dunstan, excuse me, Lima, uh, and what his hamstring um, is like. And you know that injury can be tough to come back from least quickly. So it wouldn't surprise me if we saw the normal kind of rotation where the the you know, you have the same back four. You have Valenciano and at the base of the diamond. You have Juan at the top of the diamond. And where you see rotation, uh, at least starting-wise, is in the forwards and the wide spaces. Um, hey, and I'll tell you, watching Valenciano in that Cosmos match, I, I think um, he might be feeling the heat of Ginky coming back because I think he took his game to another level for the Cosmos. Yeah, he played really well. Yeah, and uh, so I think he's going to be hard to get out of that position and I in don't, one week. I really don't know. You know, with Ginky there – you know, if we went back, or if we if we thought about going back to a two man midfield with like a with like um, the wingers out wide and, and a single person up top, Valenciano and Geeky, I could see those two. I could see well, they both like to get forward, <laughs> as we saw. Geeky was all over the place uh, last night. They both like to get forward. I like. I would maybe like to see one take on a more defensive role in, in that, but. I could see that working, uh, that them kind of working into a good pair. I don't see we're gonna. I don't think we're gonna see that against Detroit. I think we're gonna see a four-four-two diamond, um, and with maybe some rotation of the wide midfielders and the forwards. Yeah, I, my my feelings wouldn't be hurt if we saw the exact same lineup uh, walk no. out against uh, Detroit. Yeah, I would really like to see Costa outside again. I, yeah, I, I would like to see. I thought him. he looked great. I, I like. I'd like to see him out there. I wasn't sold on it, you know. Throughout the season, you're like, I'd really like to see Costa out wide, and I'm like, oh, I'm not so sure. But, <laughs> but I, I'm sold on it now. Yeah. Uh, I just, I guess, I didn't know about what his defensive effort would be like, and yeah. I thought he was outstanding. Now he did come off a little early last night, so I'm not sure if that was, if injury caused that or he was just gassed. It's oh well, you're right. I think I text. I think I texted you when because he, he was he was laboring. A little bit out there, and I, I don't know. He reached kind of behind in his leg, but it looked like it was cramping more than anything. Mm-hmm. I don't think he, I don't think anything pulled. I don't think it's a hamstring. Although he, as far as he's had about, hamstring issues, yeah, because he 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 had his hand on the back of his, I think it was right leg. I can't remember. Um, but uh, I was worried about that because he was laboring and he made the universal symbol. I don't think he he might not have been coming off. I can't remember who came on for him. But he might not have been coming off. But he looked at the bench and gave that universal signal for yeah, sub, sub. <laughs> and uh, and then kind of limped off. So hopefully that was just uh, you know cramping. Um, it wasn't especially hot, but you know, look at me. The humidity, but the but the humidity was was atrocious. And he and again he's playing outside, which means he is. He, I mean, he's going box. He's going back and yeah. forth. Back he's not forth, used to doing back. that defensive work. So, I'm not saying he doesn't play defense, but he's not yeah. re- usually just, responsible for box to box. It's a different saying. role when you're yeah. in that midfield than you are for, when you're a forward. So, um, hopefully, it's just it's just something you know he can got a little um, got a little therapy and you know get some hydration back into him and and get some rest and he'll be fine. But because I, I really like him outside, I really like him out out wide. Um, he, yeah, he can play up in the two and with a pair. Um, but I really do like him out wide. And if this is the formation we're going to play, I think that's where I like him. Uh, if if we were to ever go to a 4-3-3, sure, put him as an outside forward, uh, as a as a true winger, and I think he'll he would do damage. But um, in a 4-4-2, I think this is where he should play. 
Uh, we can't really speculate too much on what Detroit City is going to do uh, with, with their roster. We know a few of the players they have, but they're going to have to fill in a lot of holes. Uh, so, I mean, it's really hard to even guess what they're going to do, let alone yeah. the formation they're going to run. So really all we can do is focus on uh, CFC and uh, what we see with those guys. And I, I wouldn't anticipate us. Uh, I, I think we're probably going to roll out the four four two again. I don't mm-hmm. think we're going to deviate much from that. And uh, hopefully we'll get a couple of more. We'll get the guys, uh, Ginky, we'll get him a little more fit this week. Uh, Lima a little more fit. I mean, we saw him. I think I may have saw him do a little bit of warming up. I can't remember. I know he had the uh, substitutions uh, substitution uh, penny. What, penny on, mm-hmm. but I, I don't know if it was ever he was ever a serious threat to come in, except in an emergency situation. Yeah. But I thought Sanchez and Dunstan held it down in the back. I, it didn't concern me at all um, uh, after watching that game. But if you listened last night, you did hear him talk. A yeah. How how there's differences there's there. There's a difference. And and you know the communication is not the same. Uh, I didn't notice it ever really impacting the match, except for that one weird you know where he talked about. It was it offside? It wasn't offside, and that was really just an interpretation, a misinterpretation of a new well, rule yeah, that he had. Yeah, and he and he admitted that you know he threw his hand up and stopped, and you just can't you know you can't do right. that. I mean, it's you know another old cliche. You got to play, play the, to the whistle. whistle. So he realized that. Um, but it, you know, I thought they looked, I thought they looked fine. That they I were. Did too. I mean, they the the their New York's forwards really didn't get any any service. They couldn't. Mm-hmm. They weren't uh, really dangerous. There were, the crosses that came in were handled. Um, yeah. You talked about you know last night. You talked about him being you know Dunstan being, you know, kind of in control in the air. And so, I mean, I I, I liked it. I I I can't remember. Is that the first? Is that the first time that Sanchez has played in the back four? He and may he, have. He may have been back there one other time. Yeah. Maybe it just, it doesn't seem like it's that foreign of a concept to me. So I think he yeah. he has been back there. Uh, I think he may have played maybe on the outside. I don't oh, know. No, if he's he did ever... play on the. Yeah, he played yeah. fullback. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. but I don't know about in the middle. Yeah, I don't either. I don't uh, either. The only other thing I, I might like to see, uh, I might, I would like to see uh, Gabby Torres uh, get forward a little bit more than I did. Now, it may have been last night that you know Cosmos kept him honest and you know he couldn't get forward yeah. as much. But I'd like to see him uh, uh, making some of those marauding runs down down that left side a little bit more. But you know that's a that's a game by game thing, and like you know if if they have some speed on that side and it's going to keep him pinned back, then his defensive duties come first, and that's just that's yeah, it. Now it that is you how it is. It, we, there wasn't a lot of width from the fullbacks last night mm-hmm. either side. The width that that we got when we got wide was um, like Costa was the mid was the kind of the outside midfielders getting wide. I think one thing we can kind of speculate about Detroit City is they're not going to be an experienced team. Yeah. So if they're they're coming in with a core of seven that's played, I mean, and you're going to add four people that they've never played with before or played very little with, then I, I got to think they are going to be try to be very compact mm-hmm. and difficult to break down. Mm-hmm. Uh, so CFC should honestly be very familiar with that. You know, it should be similar to playing some of the teams in the Southeast Conference. Uh, you know, when they lack you know, the the talent to or the cohesiveness to compete toe to toe with CFC, then they just try to stay compact and yeah. be very difficult. And I think that's probably what you're gonna see from Detroit City. Yeah, I mean they've played they've played three at the back and they've played a four four two. Um it wouldn't surprise me if when they have the ball that it's a it's a two banks of four. I mean excuse me, when they don't have the ball, it's two banks of four. Um and in 
not that they're going to, I don't, I don't think they're going to park a bus or anything like that, but uh, I think they're going to play very, um, they're going to, they're going to, I think it'll be conservative. Yeah, they're going to be conservative and sit back, absorb pressure, um, and maybe, maybe try to, maybe try to get us on the counter. It wouldn't be the it first spring time. Lawson. I mean, that's, that's got to be their hope, right? Yeah, because he because he's dangerous. I mean, yeah. he scored nineteen or twenty goals. I if mean, I'm not mistaken, uh, when and you can correct me if you if you remember, but when they came down here to play uh, last year, we dominated that first half to the point where I was like, I'm not even sure this is going to be a game. CFC should have been up four goals in the first half, and then in the second half, uh, they they scored on two counterattack goals. Yeah. Uh, so and I want to say Lawson may have had one of those goals. Yeah, I just I don't remember. Uh, and and I don't right off the top of my head either. I just know that both goals were on the counterattack, totally against the run of play, uh, because CFC dominated that game as far as possession goes, and well, and, and he, should have been up four to nothing at halftime. Yeah, and we know from you know from watching CFC play this year, uh, you know if teams do not build goals that we concede are not built by teams. It's not they they're not huge um, passing. You know, plays of possession where they pass the ball around, around and create chances and, and score. The goals we've given up have been uh, free kicks, counters with you know with one long ball or a couple of long balls, and they cut you know they cut us out um, or or set pieces. I mean that's that's kind of what we've given up, and um, so I, I'm not worried about us in, in normal run of possession. What I'm worried about are you know corners. Um, when throw-ins in our in our defensive third, mm-hmm. uh, and and then getting those players, you know, our defensive players getting sucked up, our fullbacks bombing forward, exposing you know, exposing the flanks, and and then getting you know having our center backs kind of on an island. That's that's what has caused us problems in the past. Um, so that's what I'm worried about with Detroit. Is you know, so I, it wouldn't even bother me if it, at at periods of time we ceded possession to them to uh, just to try to draw them out um, an early goal would be great um, because it would force Detroit out a little bit I'm, I'm just assuming that they're, that they're going to be back and I think they are an early goal would force them to come out and play and I think that would really help um, I mean here's that's my radical take an early goal will help <laughs> us in the game there's the prediction <laughs> I'm not saying it's going to happen I'm just saying that that would help a lot because it would I'll force... be honest I'm really glad that you're saying that that's not what's going to happen <laughs> <laughs> it would I don't know I don't know I mean it might happen I just I'm, I can't predict that but if it did if it did happen uh, it would force Detroit to come out right. and play a little bit and uh, I think good things are going to happen the more we force Detroit to play the better the match is going to be all right, uh, we're going to transition into some, uh, I guess, where we've kind of been like uh, for the past like several podcasts. We're going to talk a little bit about uh, some news that may or may not be coming out this week, but we know that the NISA uh, league meetings were last week. We know uh, we can confirm that Chattanooga was involved in those talks as well as Detroit City and uh, and that a potential decision one way or the other uh, maybe, or some news about those meetings may be coming out in the next uh, seven days or so. Uh, so just, just your, your brief thoughts on that. And yeah, I'm, I'm not surprised at all. You know, when I saw, when I saw the article, there have been two or three articles about Detroit come out. One, there was an athletic article and then there was one, um, I believe, well, the, the Detroit news, I think is, is yeah. the second one. Um, you know, they both said the same thing there, but there also been a couple of people on Twitter who have, who have talked about, 
Um, I think Cardick has said some stuff. I can't remember the other person who who said who tweeted out that Detroit and Chattanooga were considering uh, NISA participation. So it's been it's been out there. Certainly, people have been talking about it. Uh, so the NISA meetings happened, and so it wasn't a surprise when you read in that Detroit article that this reporter had a source that said that that, that Chattanooga and Detroit were out there to talk to NISA, and we were we had, as you said, Todd, we were able to confirm that that we had staff out there talking with them. Um, you know, I, I think, you know, I, I think we're going to hear something very soon. Um, you know, what the conversations that you and I have had, uh, with folks at CFC, I mean, I, I think just stay tuned, um, stay tuned to Twitter for the next, I would say 40, 48, 72 hours. And, and we might, we might hear some stuff, uh, at least that tells us a little bit about our future. So how do I feel about it? I mean, what are we supposed to do? <laughs> yeah, yeah. That, that's that's kind of where I'm at and with it. I always felt like, too, that Detroit and Chattanooga had such similar interest that it was almost going to be like, if I go, you go. Uh, almost like a package deal. You know yeah. what I mean? And I felt, yeah. I think that it, that's that's kind of the way that relationship's been for a while now. Yeah, the clubs like are, Tim and Sean are really close. Yeah, and the clubs have, have similar uh, interest, uh, I guess, goals mm-hmm. and i think philosophically they mm-hmm. align and mm-hmm. i think it's going to be one of those things either we find out next week that neither is going or that both is going and yeah and i you know i don't know which way to feel about it i don't really uh i, I just want what if i had a crystal ball and i could look and see which option was the best that's yeah. the one i would go with yeah i think what i would say because I know some people who are listening to this are not happy with the idea of CFC going to NISA. I know if there are Detroit City fans listening to this, there are some of you who are very, very upset about the idea of joining NISA. I think most of it surround, is, is, I guess, surrounds the idea of being a part of a system that many of us think is broken and is ill-founded and is set up to... Um, really not uh, be supportive at all of lower league uh, soccer. Well, really, any soccer outside of the some MLS, you know, cartel. And and I, I feel you. I, I do. Uh, I don't know uh, though. I mean, again, let, let's just go back to squares square one. What do we want? Um, we want more Chattanooga Football Club matches. We want the CFC to grow. Uh, we have outgrown NPSL. That is not arrogance talking. That's not hubris. That's just where we are. We would like to do more. And you can't do more in the current structure really in NPSL. I know we're going to hear some about some extended season in NPSL at some point. Uh, we, to be fair, we, we, CFC, and other teams, Detroit City, yeah. tried to do more. Well, uh, that's, that was yeah. the, that was the idea behind MPSL yeah. Pro, and and you know that was going to be great, but you know what? It it just couldn't happen for whatever reasons, whether it was insurance or whether it was you know some uh, you know, as you like to say black helicopters in the sky that kept mm-hmm. it from happening. It, it's not happening. Yeah. Uh, so you know we as you know CFC, and I feel like I can say we as owners, uh, you know, <laughs> right. because yeah. I mean seriously, that that's how that's how we feel about it, right? Yeah. Um, I think we have to be open to other avenues uh, just because our ideal situation didn't uh, pan out. You know, we got to yeah. move forward for what's best for the club. Yeah. I mean, you know, what else is out there? 
Um, there just there isn't anything. There is stay in in PSL Classic and play a summer season. We are we're past that. Yep. I mean, we just are. It's not again. I don't have nothing. I have nothing against. As a matter of fact, Todd and I have both talked about our desire and you know if if I had any influence in this decision, I would I would I would use it to make sure that we maintained an, an MPSL team. Uh, a classic NPSL classic team that played the summer that's played the summer season uh, and maintained that those, those relationships we have with clubs like Asheville. Um, but we need, we want more. I think we all want more. And the founders cup was our way to do that. If that is not there, we don't know what NPSL full season looks like. Um, so, you know, that's, that's up in the air. And then the other thing out there is NISA. I mean, there is something else, but it's USL. And, and for those of us in Chattanooga, it's not an know, option. It's not an option The you know, the, it wouldn't be an option anyway. I, for me, it wouldn't be much of an option at, at all, but it's just not an option that, that, uh, the, in the structure of USL, uh, you know, the Chattanooga club is here. And, um, and so that's, that's, that's all that's out. And so, you know, I, I, when I talked with Tim, um, and from Asheville, I, I asked him, you know, or I told him, you, when you're forced with a choice of doing what you don't like or die, you're going to do, you got to do what you don't like. And, and, uh, and, and that's not to say, and I think it's some other, some people, and, and the guys at the Detroit podcast made this point. The PLS is bad. There are things in it that don't make any soccer sense that uh that are seem to be set that that it seem to be placed there purely to keep um clubs especially particularly independent clubs from growth um limit so, access yeah so all that is true um but it's not it, it's it, it's manageable for the clubs that are that are they're talking about it and and if and nisa shares a lot of philosophy and ideas about about soccer in the U.S. that are that I think CFC shares, and so I mean right now I think it's I, we, we you and I have been saying this for a long time. Um, it where it it just seems like it seems like the only place we have to go. Yeah, and and I'll say this is for for Nisa as as long as they if they get off the ground and if they continue to angle toward uh, the Peter Wilt manifesto then they really are building towards uh, an ideal system. So, uh, I, like I said, it was the idea of NISA. It was a great idea, but it did have to conform to happen. There had to be some, some changes to it uh, that, that made it feasible. I think it started out as, uh, as something that was uh, ide- and more ideological, mm-hmm. and it had to change, morph a little bit to go to work within the system that exists. But as long as the teams that get inside that, as long as they keep pushing toward that ideal system, uh, then I think they can be a mechanism of change. Uh, and if you can't, if and I keep saying, if this lawsuit, uh, uh, the Cosmos lawsuit, if it doesn't make change to the to the system then then change will have to be made from from within yep uh because there's unless another lawsuit comes up because mm-hmm. it's only going to be well, we forced two, right? yeah right we, when, or, or three if you count well, the women. It, and, and it could ultimately like be death by a thousand cut you know paper yeah. cuts i, I don't mm-hmm. know but yeah. uh you know u.s soccer and that structure needs to be worked at from all angles outside and inside and they need to have more battles going on than they know what to do with so that's 
that's where I'm at on it. Yeah. Well, we when we were walking out from uh, Chattanooga Brewing Company last night, Todd did did toy with the idea of forming a march to march on the soccer house. Um, <laughs> so we, we we'll leave that we'll leave that possibility open. But right but right now, <laughs> right now, uh, we are going to just um, watch CFC play against clubs that I think get it. That clubs that care that clubs that want to be uh, bigger and want to grow, truly grow the sport in the U S. So I'm going to enjoy that. I mean, I enjoyed, I had fun at the Cosmos match. I enjoyed it. Uh, you know, when the goal went in, there have been other matches where I got angry. It, for me, it, it felt, I just felt that it was going to happen. Uh, I think it was, I think it was unfortunate for us to not come away with any points in the match, but it was, it was a fun experience. Uh, the crowd was great. The atmosphere was really good. I'm really looking forward to playing the Michigan Stars, a team that we've not played before. I'm looking forward to Napa. I'm looking forward to the Torrent. I'm looking forward to going on the road and, you know, beating some of these teams at their home. So, I mean, you know, that's what we got. It's what we got until October, and then we'll cross that other bridge when we get there. Sounds good. Yeah. Uh, speaking of moving forward, uh, just want a brief reminder for uh, all the owners out there. Uh, coming up in the next week, we will have the election of the uh, uh, board representative uh, that will that will come from the CFC uh, fan ownership. So uh, be on the lookout for that. We have just uh, checked Twitter here on Sunday afternoon, and there has been uh, no uh, new announcement on that as of yet, but I would say once again, I'd put that in the 24 to 48 hour category uh, for something popping up with directions on, on voting for what we learned is 15 candidates. Mm -hmm. And from me listening last night, I, it sounds like three uh, were from uh, outside the local area or possibly four. Uh, the other 11 or so seem to be from within about a 20 mile radius of Chattanooga. I seem to remember Florida and, Florida, California, Connecticut, Connecticut, California, Connecticut, yeah. and I thought there might be one more in yeah. there. I couldn't remember. Uh, so just be on the lookout for that. But how cool is that? I mean, you know, how, how cool is that um, from coast to coast? We've got people who want to be a, a part of our club. I mean, I think that's, that's cool. I, you know, um, I was – I guess I hadn't thought about it. I guess I hadn't thought about who would, who would apply for that. Mm -hmm. um, so I was I – was, I guess I wasn't surprised – but it 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 was uh, it was a pleasant feeling to hear um, some people from outside of the state and and from other areas of the of the country. I think it just speaks to um, the the kind of the the clout of the club, um, you know, in in areas around the country. And it was it was good to hear. So look for news from CFC for that. Go out and vote if you are a uh, an, a supporter owner, and um, let's get somebody in to uh, to represent the, our group and, and what we think uh, the club needs to do. All right. I just want to uh, take a, a moment. Um, my co-host uh, this coming Thursday is going to be having surgery. And uh, I just want everybody to keep uh, keep him in your thoughts and prayers. Uh, it's kind of a big deal. And uh, obviously we wish him the best. And uh, he's the uh, – the mo he's the Juan Hernandez of this podcast. He's the engine. He's the heart. He's the thing. Hey, look, I just show up and, and I just flap my yap about stuff I generally don't know anything about, but he makes this whole thing happen. So uh, you guys wish him a speedy recovery in, the, uh, in Twitterville and any, anywhere else, and remember him on, uh, on Thursday. 
Yeah, thanks, Todd. You can. Uh, I think my wife will be giving some updates on my main Twitter account, which is at js underscore hicks h i c k s. If you're interested, I think she'll give some updates. And I plan on being back here in Chattanooga early next week, hopefully. And then um, I'm, you know, I'm going to try my darndest to watch the 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 DCFC match. Um, I don't know. I mean, I may be hopped up on painkillers, but actually, what? What better way to watch a Detroit City match than to be loaded up on painkillers? Fair point. Fair point. So yeah, I'm trying to watch it as, uh, as somehow. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna try to watch and and then I really I'm I hope and I'm 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 really gonna planning on being back. Um, maybe watching from my house, but I'll, I'll be certainly watching the the Michigan Stars match uh, on the 24th. So thanks, Todd. Thanks for all your thoughts, and uh, we'll be we'll be in touch soon. I'm sure. Yep. So I'm gonna head home tonight, and I'm gonna start uh, loading up on my parka and all my mittens for my great trip to the uh, the Great White North. North. They yeah. said it was the Midwest, but I'm pretty sure it's yeah. the Great White North. I mean, it's basically Cause, Canada. Because I'm going to get to Canada, right? And yeah, then I then drive further. South. Oh, go to Canada, then go south. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Fair enough. Yeah. Fair enough. I don't know. I don't know if you need a. I don't passport? know if you need a passport to get to Detroit. I better carry it. But you, I'm fairly certain that there's a list of of vaccinations that you need <laughs> before you go to yeah. Kenmore. <laughs> well, that's because you go through Ohio first. That's oh, why you got to. That's why you got to have your vaccinations. Yeah. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so uh, I think that'll do it for this week's episode of the 423 Soccer Pod. Thank you all for listening. Please consider going on to iTunes or to Stitcher or to wherever you get your podcasts and giving us a five-star review. Um, if you must, you can say bad things about me or Todd. It doesn't matter. As long as you give us a five-star review, you can say whatever you like. That's you, like a free pass. Five stars give you free pass to say yeah, what you want. We might give you a sticker if you proved us you gave us five stars. Um, you, again, you could find uh, you could find this podcast wherever you find quality podcasts because you know we're there too. And um, you could find us on Twitter at. 423 soccer pod again this is jim you could find me my soccer side at chattagooner and this is todd you can find me at great footballer that's gr8 ftblr i'm not going to do this again <laughs> uh, again thanks for listening folks and we will see you next week go cfc go blues Oh, Mr. Oliveira, with a cheeky goal. <laughs> <laughs>